Hey guys, and welcome back to the FFP. As always, we thank you so much for joining us here. Today, we are going to go over our week three waiver wire claims. Now, we were just talking about this early, this idea of, to be honest, there's still some talent out there, but it seems like every single week, there's less and less talent as the free agent market gets picked apart. And so I'm going to tell you guys right now, you need to be out there aggressively making sure you're getting your roster stacked as possible because week eight, week 12, come crunch time, come playoffs, the talent that's out here now won't be out there then. Now is the time when championships are made, stud dynasty players are gotten. This is when Odell Beckhams and Antonio Browns are picked up, right? Like this is the time to make moves. One thing to note, guys, I want to give you a couple of tips really quick on how you can get your questions answered. We try to answer every question. Unfortunately, hundreds of questions are asked and so a few get missed we don't have time to answer them all and we feel bad about that but we are just not capable with our busy lives of answering all these comments for something and so few things being one hit the notification button hit that bell icon guys so that way you can watch this video as soon as it comes out and you can ask a question as soon as it comes out because the sooner you ask your question the quicker we're going to answer it we like to answer the oldest ones first and then get to the newest also say if you've got multiple questions make sure that you are leaving them on different comments i always answer the bigger comments the last i don't know maybe it's just intimidating maybe i like to just hurry up and get a bunch of other ones done that's just the way i roll so you break that down to different comments it's a lot easier for us to answer them one step at a time it's a lot simpler for us for whatever reason um not gonna waste a lot of time with this but guys as always we'll try to answer your comments and really the best way is just to sign up through your patreon that way we guarantee we will answer everything as well as i want to let you guys know our videos are now available for you to listen to podcasts we are on basically every platform we're on apple we're on spotify but you know what i don't want to waste any more time just check us out let's get into this yeah, we're going to cover a few injuries. This is the time that I don't care if you started 2-0. We'll hope you had and you have a good year there. You've got to build out your bench. Injuries are coming. They're going to start to pile up. Bye weeks are coming. And if nothing else, keep talent up your competition's bench, right? Why let that guy have something that can save his year? Some early injuries tonight. Now, we're going to have more in the next couple of days. But right now, early concerns, Ben Roethlisberger. Elbow injury. He's going to have an MRI. We'll see how serious that is. That doesn't just affect him. It affects the whole offense. What about Juju Smith-Schuster? What about James Conner? Things like that. And that's the other one. James Conner left today with a knee injury. We don't know how serious that is. We'll talk about that later in the video. Uh, Drew Brees, which, by the way, I own Ben. I played Ben and Drew Brees this week. So they killed me. Anyways, uh, Drew Brees uh, hurt his thumb. He left with it wrapped. No, he stayed in Los Angeles. He's going to see a hand splashes tomorrow. And here's what he said as far as the severity of his injury. He said, yeah, I'm concerned. He said, I hope it's nothing too significant. So his initial reaction is not good. In fact, we said, uh, we saw a report that he said that he's never had a hard time holding the ball like he had after tonight after the injury. He's having a hard time even gripping it. So that doesn't sound good for him. And that's got to have an effect also on Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara owners, right? That whole offense is going to be downgraded there. Uh, late Sunday night, Deshaun Jackson, Jeffrey went down with injuries. And then another one is Damian Williams had a knee injury, which could mean more carries for McCoy. Uh, it could mean some value to Darwin Thompson. But those are some initial injuries we're going to keep an eye on in the next few days. Now, you talked about it, too. We did our waiver wire video early and our start set video early. And some people say, well, there's so much information that can change. So here's what we do. Every Friday, we're going to put out a video, okay? From week to week, it might be different. Last week, we put out a video, and it was called? It was our buy-sell video. Um, but what we did at the end of the buy-sell video was we tacked on all the injury information that you need to know. So what's going to happen this week on Friday, we're going to post another video. It won't be called buy or sell. It'll be called something else, but it will still include the injury information that you need. Once again, that video is on Friday, and I think it's really important to update things as the week goes on. All right, let's get to our first guy. 
DJ Chark, uh, actually got him on my bench on one team, real excited. It's a dynasty league. He's 88% available in all leagues there. Today goes out seven catches, 55 yards, and a touchdown. After starting week one with four catches, 146 yards, and a touchdown. Now, he's surprising some people, but not us. One, we highlighted him last week in our waiver wire video, right? But of course, that's easy to talk about. He had a good week one. But if you go farther back, we actually saw value in him last season. If you go back to July of 2018, we had him in a video called Players You Should Know. And so we are on this guy for quite a while there. He's had a lot of potential. He's got a lot of potential. This guy's got a lot of upside. Now, he faces the Titans this week, and that's not a great matchup. They're very solid in defense. In fact, I would go on to say that, uh, you know, look at Beckham and Landry. They faced him in week one, and they were very quiet. And then this week, they held Tia Y. Hilton to 43 yards. And so this week coming up, it's not a great matchup. But this guy's got a lot of upside. Once again, Shark has got great size, six foot four. He made a lot of noise last preseason. And I think another thing that really bodes well for him is uh, a preseason darling for a lot of people is D.D. Westbrook. Uh, and D.D. Westbrook has really struggled the first two weeks. And so I think I'll uh, feel bad for Westbrook owners, but that's huge for anybody that's interested in Shark or if you need a guy out there. Once again, he's 88% available. Um, I want to get you guys familiar with this prospect and his high ceiling. Let's talk about him a little bit there. Now, he didn't go high in the draft. And the reason why he didn't come out of the draft real high is he didn't have great college stats. But a lot of people, a lot of experts assume that was because the system he was in, the quarterback that he played with, it was a run-heavy offense. Him, like Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry, they played for LSU too. And they had very quiet college numbers. And yet those guys went on to have obviously great NFL careers. So sometimes you got to look beyond the numbers in college and see just the guy's potential there. His stock soared at the combine. He had a great combine performance. His 40-inch vertical leap led all wide receivers. He had a 10-foot, 9-inch broad jump. That was fourth among receivers. His 16 bench press reps for 225 left him 11th at that position. And he ran a 4.34 40-yard dash. And that's great speed when you consider this guy's size at 6'4". That's amazing. And according to ESPN Stats and Info, Clark was the first player since 2006 to have a combined 40-time bench press reps in vertical and to hit all those marks. Last time that did it was 2006 with first-round pick safety Michael Huff. So once again, great combine numbers. This guy's got all the physical skills you want there. General Manager David Caldwell told the media last year there's a concern that he would not fall to them in the second round. So they actually moved up to get this guy. He went on to say there's unique things that he does. His size and what he does with his size is pretty awesome. He's got great speed. And so he's a guy that we want on our team. Now, the concern that I have for him, he does have a rookie quarterback there. And he's still developing as a wide receiver. So if you pick this guy up, uh, he will lack consistency. But he is a must-grab if you're in dynasty leagues. This guy's got a ton, a ton of talent. So. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I'm glad you put that in there. This is a really dynasty stud. For starters, um, what I've seen of that Minshew, which we haven't seen a lot of him, but he honestly seems to be as good of a quarterback as I was expecting Nick Foles to be. I don't know if that's necessarily a huge downgrade. Maybe a little bit of a downgrade. But the nice thing about having Minshew behind center is he's going to get better every week. And so what we're seeing with him now is going to get better and better and better. And, of course, that really emphasizes the fact that DJ Chark is a solid dynasty play. And if you're not in a dynasty league, if you're in a redraft league, this is still a perfect guy to put on your roster because he's going to continue to get better as the season goes on. And remember, Tennessee's a tough matchup this week, uh, but it's just one week, and you're not picking this guy up for just one week. Well, and here's the other thing. If you wait past this week, you're probably going to lose him to another guy that's going to grab him off the waiver, so you better grab him now. All right, so you know what? I got to put Debo Samuels on this list, or me and Rob together have to. For starters, he's 87% available. And this is, I mean, I don't know how often there's, I think, a wide receiver with as much upside as Samuels, who's going to be 87% available, let alone multiple weeks into the season. 
He comes out his first week, his first game in the NFL, rookie. We've talked about how rookie wide receivers can sometimes struggle because it is a big jump from college to the NFL. But he had three targets. He caught all three of them. He had 17 yards. The yardage was low, uh, but he was catching his targets, and that was good enough, and that was a good week one. It was far from amazing, and we weren't really hyped on this guy. We needed to see more. But I think last week, or today, essentially, was a really what we needed to see. He had seven targets. He caught five of those seven targets for 87 yards and a touchdown. Samuels looked great. But there's really a lot more that goes into it. One of the things being that goes into it is we've seen two straight weeks of the San Francisco 49ers offense or of the team as a whole putting up a lot of points. And I think that bodes really well for this argument is that I believe they've scored 72 points in their first two games. So I think that's huge that we can trust that team. A lot of those points were in the running game and the defense. And yet I tell you what, it's a lot easier to score when your defense is setting you up and your running game is moving the chains. So I think that bodes really well. And we finally saw, uh, we're going to talk more about Jimmy Garoppolo later, but he had a three touchdown day. We were a little nervous about Jimmy Garoppolo. He had a bad preseason. He had a bad week one. But you know what? A solid week two gives us a little more confidence. And then finally, we're coming into the season and, and Kyle Shanahan says, Dante Pettis is our guy. Dante Pettis looks great. And then week one, he plays bad. And it's, well, it's just because of the injury. We'll see week two. Well, then week two, it became Samuels the guy number one anyways over Pettis. And so it was a really kind of murky situation. But now I feel like we've got some clarity enough to say that it's got to be Samuels as the number one wideout on that team. Of course, behind Kittle. Uh, so Debo Samuels, the guy you got to go out and get. I really like this guy. But that's all I have to say unless Rob wants to include anything. Yeah, you know, he made a lot of noise in the preseason. There's a lot of talk come out of their camp that they liked him. I mean, it was Pettis. Everybody thought he was going to be the number one guy, yet the coach was kind of challenging. We couldn't tell what was that coach speak. You know, when he's saying, now nah, he's got to earn his spot. Does he really have to earn his spot? Is he trying to motivate him? Well, now, looking back, it seems like all the talk about uh, Samuels being good and the fact that Pettis needs to earn his spot is legit. This guy might be the guy that uh, become their number one wide receiver there. Got to talk about John Ross. Not as available as some of the other guys we're going to talk about, but he is 31% available, so he's out there in a decent amount of leagues. Uh, week one was obviously a fluke. This guy goes out seven catches, 158 yards, and two touchdowns, right? That's a fluke. Well, he follows that up this week, four catches, 112 yards, and a touchdown. Now, granted, I know that one of those was a big play at the end of the game, a 66-yard touchdown with 45 seconds left, okay? Garbage time stats. Well, it doesn't matter. Garbage time stats are still stats. I don't care when it happens. But on that play, if you watched it, you saw how explosive he was. He flew by those defensive backs. They were so flat-footed. It was that sort of speed that made this guy the first-round seventh overall pick in 2017 and led a lot of people to believe he was going to have a great career. So here's the good news with him. There's a lot of things that I like about his situation. One, the Bengals' defense seemed to pick up, pick up where they left off last year, which is they're going to be near the bottom of the NFL. They look bad. The uh, What I would call an average 49ers offense dominated them today in all facets of the game there. The Bengals have allowed 62 points in the last two weeks. Not good. If you go back to last year, they finished 31st in the NFL in points allowed at 29 per game, meaning they're going to have to throw a lot. They're going to be playing from behind. That means a lot of targets for Boyd and for Ross. I also think that new coach Taylor, if you look at who he was, he was really a quarterback guru and an offensive-minded coach. He also might be the one or the reason why, you know, kind of Ross has kind of had this breakout year there. He might be contributing to that. He's found a way to tap in some of his skill sets and use him in that offense there. Now, coming up this week, they face the Bills, and the Bills have a very underrated defense, so you need to temper your expectations if you have Ross there. Um, another thing I think bodes well for him is A.J. Green. Uh, he came out, and he has said publicly that he's still two to three weeks away from able to put on tennis shoes and run and do work on a football field, which means for Ross, that means you've got at least four to five more weeks 
that he's going to be productive. And if he plays his cards right, he could actually leapfrog Boyd and become the team's number two guy there. Uh, once again, love this guy. He's got to be owned. If he's out there, if you're in that 31% of leagues, grab this guy and put him on your bench. Well, it's funny you mentioned the garbage time stats thing. You hate to rely on, upon those because you don't know if you can expect it every week. But I feel slightly confident saying the Bengals in general are garbage. So, yeah, that'll probably Ouch. continue. Here come the Bengals fans. All right, yeah. All right. I take that back. Please don't hate us. But anyways, I think that you can rely on those numbers, and I'm just agreeing with you. I think John Ross is a good wideout. He at least deserves to be on a roster, at least. Yeah. All right, so another guy, I don't think he has the most ceiling of the other wide receivers and other players we're talking about, but I think he's got a very safe floor, and that's Cortland Sutton. He is 42% available, and he's a guy who could round out your receiving corpse as like really one last uh, fairly solid but not phenomenal option. First thing that I like from this game, uh, Doug, he played well. Over the first two weeks, he has combined 15 targets, 11 catches, 160 yards. Those numbers are pretty good. Those numbers are better when you consider that he's working with Joe Flacco, who is new on the team and really is going to have to take some time to continue to get better and to get used to things. They just played the Bears, a very good defense. And you know what? At the second half of that game, they were making some plays. That offense looked a lot better. It looked a lot more comfortable. Speaking of comfortable, you know who looked more comfortable? Emmanuel Sanders. And I think that's a big argument for this. I think Cortland Sutton is a good number two wideout, but I felt like he was a little out of his element as the number one guy facing number one corners. Now, the much more mature veteran and attention getting from defenses, Emmanuel Sanders is healthy. He gets to play that number two slot, and I think that's really going to boost that offense a lot better. We also saw Royce Freeman produce. To be honest, by the end of that game, I was starting to like that offense a little bit, whereas last week, it wasn't so pretty um really at the beginning of that game especially i don't can i pause right there so i just gotta say this emmanuel sanders we pushed him hard a couple weeks prior to the draft so this guy's healthy looking good he'll be the number one guy you gotta grab him got a lot of kind of heat from that one but this guy emmanuel sanders is looking great right now yeah um he is the number one guy fully healed um hasn't lost a step at all he looked Not, great today he did he looked great today against the bears team do not underestimate the bears they held the packers to 10 they would have completely, I mean, the first half, they completely dominated Denver until they finally got some things together. So I was really proud of that offense. Again, he doesn't have as much upside, Sutton doesn't, as some of these other guys, but he's a nice, solid player, and he should be on a team. I don't know why he's available in 42% of leagues. DK Metcalf, 52% available. Surprise, in over half of leagues, he's still out there. In week three, he plays the New Orleans Saints. Now, this matchup looked more appetizing when it appeared to be a shootout between Breeze and, and Russell Wilson. Um, if Breeze is out, Seattle could really kind of ground this thing out by running the ball and playing defense and lower the over-under in that game there. Um, with that said, he's still got that needs to be picked up. Following a very solid week one, the rookie went out this week and had three catches, 61 yards, and had his first career touchdown. He's got all the physical skills to dominate. You talk about guys that go to combine and dominate. The two guys recently that have dominated the combine, I think about Saquon Barkley and then Metcalf this year. These guys have all the skills. So he's got everything he needs to dominate in this league. He's another player that has huge upside, but really, if you're in a dynasty league, you got to stash this guy. Um, pick up DK Metcalf, and he's going to be valuable for you down the stretch. All right, so this is insane. 98% available is Preston Williams. And as we've talked kind of trash about the Dolphins all year long, it seems like they're sort of tanking. And yet I still like this guy's fantasy value. Um, for one, because of how things have been going, it hasn't been going good for the Dolphins. They've been outscored 102 to 10 in just their first two games. Yeah. Uh, you have to feel bad for Dolphins fans. Like, guys, 
my heart goes out to you. <laughs> I feel awful for you. Um, but hey, on the right side, maybe you get that turnaround quarterback next year. However, the numbers have still been there for Preston Williams. We talk about garbage time stats. We talk about like Allen Robinson, Allen Hearns. Allen Hearns is not a phenomenal wide receiver, but he had a pretty phenomenal season in Jacksonville off of garbage time stats from Blake Bortles tells you when you have enough garbage time stats and enough garbage time, it doesn't matter if your quarterback is mediocre or below average and you're mediocre and below average, the numbers will eventually be there just purely on volume. And they've really been there for Williams. Uh, his first game, this guy's a rookie, comes out his first game, has five targets, three catches, 24 yards, and he finds the end zone. That's a pretty good game. I'd like to see his targets go up, but they do go up a little bit. He gets six targets, four catches, and 63 yards. Doesn't find the end zone, but that's against a good Patriots defense. I like this guy. He's got more dynasty value than he has redraft value, standard value, or whatever you want to call it. Um, but I think he's solid. I think you know he's one of those guys I want to watch all year long and see how he progresses. But especially in standard leagues, he should definitely be in a roster out there. Um, again, you may not like that offense, but it doesn't matter if you like the offense. I think the numbers are going to be there based off of garbage time stats. Yeah, he's what I would call a deep sleeper. You're not going to pick this guy up and consider him to be your wide receiver three, but you got to put him on your bench with his upside potential. The Dolphins are committed to things right now, the future and sucking this year, um, <laughs> undoubtedly. Uh, but their commitment to the future means they have made a hard attempt to look beyond this year. We all joke, and they're going to be bad, obviously, historically bad. But they traded away Kenny Stills. And one of the reasons why they did is they like Preston Williams. He's a young guy in their building in their future. I mean, they're going to get these guys on the field. They're going to get playing times, late in games when they're behind, and it's garbage time stats. They're not going to bring in their veterans. They're going to bring the young guys in. And that means that as the year goes on, I think a guy like Preston Wilson is going to put up some, or Williams is going to put up some good numbers. So. Demarcus Robinson, 99% available. Did I say that? Let me say that again. 99% available. Yes, Mecole Hardman had a touchdown today. Yes, we know he's got potential. Let me tell you right now, the number two wide receiver behind Sammy in that offense with Ty, you know, Tyreek Hill out, the number two guy is Demarcus Robinson, not Mecole Hardman. You can see that today. That was very clear. Today, at six targets, six catches, 172 yards, and two touchdowns. Okay. It's a really tough matchup when you play the Chiefs. What are you going to do? That is such a mess. Pat Mahomes is phenomenally good. I mean, it's scary what he does. One, he's got such great arm strength. Doesn't matter if he's on the run, whatever. This guy can throw it in the air 50 yards uh, on one foot. Doesn't matter. He's got such great arm strength. And on Robinson's first touchdown, if you watch it, here's what happened. They, they create so many problems matching up with other teams. So on that play, a safety drifted over to cover to double team Travis Kelsey. Right? Because he's Travis Kelsey. you got to yeah. double-team him. And he just left this guy wide open. And he's going to have matchup problems like that all year long. This guy's going to get open, especially when Tyreek Hill's out. It looks like this guy's going to be the number two guy. He's the guy to own. He's the guy to play. I would stay away from Hardman right now. I completely agree with you. It is fun to watch the Chiefs. There's something so just awesome about seeing a team who no matter what wideouts out there pat mahomes gets them open he throws them a touchdown it is um a little scary i'm just happy that we vikings fans don't have to watch our vikings get destroyed by that awesome offense but i think we got some more names to consider so let's move on with it yeah before i move on you got a bunch you're going to talk about one thing we added late to our slide a guy they need to consider out there's nelson aguilar 86 percent available he's not on our slides there but here's why uh deshaun jackson of course had the the thumb injury or the finger injury uh, and then he has a groin injury and alshon jeffrey's injured if they miss any time i think he's the guy that uh, you need to look towards in fact nelson aguilar had a big game tonight uh touchdown and a lot of yards out there so um keep him in the back of your mind if you're desperate yeah he wasn't the guy we planned on talking about because well until that point with those injuries he didn't have much value but with those injuries Carson Wentz is a good quarterback who loves to throw deep and you know Aguilar's been on offense for a while I think that's a really good pickup especially if you were relying on one of those two guys to play for you every week 
All right, so here we've got better safe than sorry, also known as um, you might as well check to make sure these guys are out there because they're not highly available. But if they are, you're going to kick yourself later on for not picking them up. Christian Kirk, he's insane. He's explosive. He had six catches for 114 yards. He runs good routes. He's a solid wideout. And you know what? That Kyler Murray is actually putting up some fairly good numbers. He doesn't look like a great team quarterback on you know as far as x's and o's he makes mistakes he's definitely a rookie but he's putting up fantasy numbers and that's what counts as far as the value of christian kirk he's averaging 10 targets a game over the first two games What's yeah. yeah we'll talk about kyler murray i mean i was hard on the guy he had a bad preseason the first three quarters against detroit he was a bad so who's the real kyler murray first three quarters the last quarter against the lions who know against the ravens today he looked really good against the good defense too yeah um, we've also got Emmanuel Sanders, 23% available. Like we talked about, he scored a touchdown today. He looked healthy today. He played against a good defense today, and he looked fine. You got to, if this guy's out there, 23% available, got to pick him up. What about Curtis Samuel? He went off. He had 13 targets, only had five catches, but he went for 91 yards. He's 23% available. This guy's an amazing, isn't an amazing pick, but I think as Cam Newton starts to get healthier and he becomes less hindered by his injuries, the performance of Curtis Samuel is even further going to raise. And again, 13 targets, that's hard to compete with that. I don't know if there's another wide receiver out there in free agency that you're going to be able to get who can match those 13 targets in one week. And then, of course, John Brown, 28% available. He had seven catches for 72 yards. He's got a lower ceiling, uh, but he's been good back-to-back -back weeks because last week he had seven catches for 123 yards and a touchdown. And so I think that John Brown's a guy you got to put on your roster, especially in PPR leagues. He is a stud. This is a guy that you need to consider. During our draft, we did those online draft 16 team. I drafted I remember then during the conversation part there, people are laughing like, Carlos Hyde, that's a wasted pick. Carlos Hyde was not a wasted pick. In fact, it's looking better and better every day as injuries pile up. He is 58% available out there, Carlos Hyde. Today he goes out 20 carries, 90 yards for 4.5 yards per carry, following a good week one. He doubled his carries from week one to week two. Clearly, he's their go-to guy in first and second downs, obviously, at this point. In week one, he had a good week. He had 10 carries, 83 yards. So far this year, in two weeks, he's got a 5.77 yards per carry. And I think that could stay high. It's obviously not going to stay that high, but I think it can stay pretty high in the mid-fours or upper-fours. And here's why, with Watson and Hopkins there, he's rarely going to get the focus from other defensive coordinators. Just simply not going to, obviously. They also traded for Tunzel. I think it's going to solidify the offensive line. And I hate to say this for you Duke Johnson owners, that's you, right? In one league, I think it yeah. is. So, um, but he's clearly the lead back there. Now, we pointed this out, you and I did in the videos, after Duke Johnson got traded there. Here's what we said. Duke's a smaller back. Um, his skill set is more involved in the passing game. He was never destined to be a three-down back. They need a bigger physical back to come in and hide that guy. And that's why they traded for him. Now, this week... They play the Chargers. Chargers are not an easy matchup, but he must be owned. Even if he's not your running back one or two, even if he's on your three on your bench, okay, grab this guy. You're going to need him. And bye weeks, injuries, he's going to be a lifesaver for many of you guys out there. In fact, of all the guys we talk about today, he might be the number one waiver grab simply because, yes, there's a lot of talented wide receivers out there, but there are a lot of talented wide receivers out there, but it's hard to find good backs. He may be the number one guy you should grab this week. I completely agree. And you know what we always say, even if you don't think you're going to start him, Keep them off of somebody else's roster. There's going to be some, and I guarantee you, because I'm seeing it in these leagues where people are offering me terrible trades. People are desperate for running backs, and you know what? In your leagues, I guarantee you there are teams that would give up their top wideout to get Carlos Hyde in their roster right now. I swear people are so desperate. But let's move on. I think there's some other really good running backs I want to talk about. 
What about Jalen Samuels? We talked about James Conner and his knee issues. If James Conner is out, Jalen Samuels is a good play. Jalen Samuels is a guy that needs to be on your roster. He's actually 66% available, which is surprisingly high. I think even before Conner got hurt because I felt like he'd be often more owned as a handcuff. But anyways, um, he filled in great for James Conner last year, and that, that was good. Of course, his value is a lot lower if Ben Roethlisberger is out, so I, I want to put that out there. However, um, we haven't seen a whole lot of him in this season, but last game this week, he averaged six yards per carry, and he had one catch for 13 yards. This guy involves himself in the passing game. He's a good runner, in fact. Um, like I said last year, the way that he played, he played so well. He's actually a little bit more dynamic than James Conner, probably not quite as good of a runner, uh, but he's more involved in the passing game. And if Ben Roethlisberger plays, he is a very good play this week. But again, uh, that is a lot of dependence on whether or not Conner is healthy and Ben Roethlisberger is healthy and all of that. However, forget all of that. He should be on a roster. He should be on a roster, guys. I fully believe that. Rob, if you don't have anything to say, I feel like that is a just dead simple situation. Pick him up, stash him, wait and see. Yeah, this guy's got a lot of value, especially in PPR leagues. This guy came out of college. A lot of people speculate if he'd become a tight end. That's how good his hands were. Once again, I agree with you. More than that, probably not as physical. Probably not a guy that's going to pound it between tackles as well as maybe James Conner. But yeah, you got to pick this guy up. I have James Conner in two leagues. Um, and of course, I didn't have bench depth to grab this guy. I wish I would have now. Chris Thompson, you know, sometimes it doesn't take exciting, great players to win the league. Sometimes you just got to have that right fit from week to week, and this could be your guy. Chris Thompson is 52% available. This week we said start him, okay, as a flex play in PPR leagues. We said the same thing in week one, okay. He went out today, he had five catches, 48 yards. In week one, seven catches, 68 yards. Doesn't sound like exciting numbers, right? That's not spectacular numbers. But think about this. Okay, that projects out to 96 catches for 928 yards for a year. That's really good for a back who's uh, primarily catching the ball in the backfield as a receiver. Now, if you take those numbers, you add in a couple carries, maybe a couple rushing touchdowns uh, that he could steal. He had five career rushing touchdowns and the inevitable receiving touchdowns that he's going to get. He's got 10 career receiving touchdowns. Are those numbers sustainable for Thompson? Well, obviously, number one, if he stays healthy. That's true of any player, right? But if he stays healthy... This is not a fluke. This is the type of talented player he has. This is his skill set. This is how he performs. And I think he's in a prime situation to do that. Between 2016 and 2018, he averaged 3.6 catches per game. That's 57 catches per season. In his career, he's got 4.9 yards per carry. So he's not a liability when he's asked to carry the ball. He can be a productive runner. Obviously not as good as Adrian Peterson there. And that team's best weapon right now, in my estimation, is Terry McLaurin. Uh, I think he's their best weapon right now. So that tells you that's a lot of targets um, that he can dominate, a lot of targets that Thompson's going to get there when that team will be playing from behind. And I, I kind of expect that the Redskins will be playing from behind a lot this year. In large leagues, that has PPR scoring, a leagues that you can start a flex play, he's going to win some games for you. You need to think about Chris Thompson. All right, so what about Malcolm Brown at 37% available? I'm going to say this right now. This isn't not probably a pickup that a lot of you guys are going to want to make. Uh, but for some of you, this is a very crucial, important pickup. He is a solid, solid, solid handcuff to Todd Gurley. Now, I'd like to say we talked about it last week, and we've talked about it all offseason. We trusted Todd Gurley going into this season, and I think another week against the Saints showed that he is a solid. He's a fine running back. He's still in RB1. He's still in that top 12 rankings for sure. A lot of people were doubting us on that. Despite that being true, 
you still need to get this guy's handcuff, Malcolm Brown, who really has had a good year so far. Now, he had two touchdowns in week one. He had a much less impressive week two. He had just a combined 47 yards on seven touches. So not amazing. He got less touches the second week, and Todd Gurley got more. And so you can see that we're really getting some more confidence from the Rams and their running back. They were just cautious in week one. And yet again, if you are in deep leagues, this is a handcuff you might want to make. However, like I said earlier, for a lot of you guys, it might not be. If you don't have a lot of bench depth, if you're in a small league, probably not. But that's the rundown on this guy, just to let everyone know he is 37% available. Should you handcuff players? Well, I tell you, we just talked about James Conner and Jalen Samuels, and that reminds us why handcuffs are really important. So. Absolutely. Kalen Balage, 71% available. Be careful before you laugh at this one and hear me out. Um, Miami has put Kenyon Drake on the trading block. They want to get rid of him. Going back to what we said, they are getting rid of any older players. And, and Kenyon Drake's not even an old player, but they're going very young. They're building for the future there. And Kenyon Drake, in football terms, actually has value for another team. This guy's got good hands. I could see him being brought in by another team to add depth to the running back situation. So I could see him moving on very easily. He's got good hands. Now, that whole Dolphins team and that offense is a mess. And Kalen has not looked good at all. In fact, he's looked very bad. Um, but I think there's upside here. Okay, if Drake gets moved, if they trade Drake away or they get rid of him, I think there's upside here for him and why you need to keep an eye on this guy. Uh, there's nothing to like about his production, but this team's going to get better. Okay, They're not going to go on and continue the pace they're going. They're going to make some improvements there, obviously. They can't get any worse, right? Like They can't? They can't? I don't I think they not. can. I don't think they can get worse. I hope not. If they do, I better be watching that game. Yes, yes. Every defense that streams against them, you're going to start this year, right? So anyways, um, you look at last year, he had some flashes where he looked good. He's got good size. And I think what's going to happen is after this week, if he's owned there by that 29% uh, of leagues out there, he's going to get dropped and become highly available. So I wouldn't waste a bench spot on this guy. But if Drake moves on, and if you have a, a deep bench, he would be a deep bench stash if you're in a league that's 16 teams or larger. So that's why I think he's got some value. Once again, not doing good, but there is potential. Keep an eye on this guy. Things could turn around quickly for him. Well, I can't wait to see the comments till everyone makes fun of you. And then a few weeks, you know, if something happens, you could be right. But again, this is why I think a lot of people are going to hate on this. This is why we, he, I'm really glad you clarified this. Don't pick him up now. Wait until Drake moves. But once Drake moves, then you need to be ready to snatch this guy. If you've got dead weight on your bench, I guess you could pick him up. But again, this is one of those situations of keep your radar out. There's so often that people will go, I'm busy this week. I won't check fantasy this week. And that's the one week that Jacksonville's defense a couple of years ago, they came out or, you know, a good stud comes out and you miss out on the waiver wire. That's where they say the early bird gets the worm. I don't know what phrase to use here, but this idea of just keep vigilant, keep vigilant, excuse me, and then you can get these guys. Anyways, I hope that makes sense. I know a lot of people aren't going to like that pick, but it is important. Yeah, he's not. he hasn't been good, but here's the thing. The Dolphins are going to give him a bunch of carries to see what they have in this guy. They're going to find out this year whether or not he's going to be part of the future. And so they're going to feed him um, for a while anyways to see what happens there. So. All right, so what about Peyton Barber? He is 53% available. This guy is, I'd like to clarify for starters, everyone knows this, but he's more of a standard league play. He's got a good matchup against the Giants. The Giants defense looks very subpar, and I think that is a good play. Now, it's funny because Ronald Jones Jr. in week one looked like the guy. And so we thought, you know, that was going to continue to be that way. And yet we come into this week two game, and all of a sudden Peyton Barber gets more carries. In fact, he gets 23 carries for 82 yards and a touchdown. 
He had a weak 3.6 yards per carry, but he had the same yards per carry last year or around there last year, and the Bucks clearly didn't find a replacement for him, so it's clearly not much of a concern to them. They apparently don't care. Either way, this guy's a good standard league play. He gets a lot of carries, so you've got volume, and I think is a guy who you can somewhat trust to find the end zone. That passing game is solid, and I think they just need a guy to punch it in the end zone the last few yards. So I think Peyton Barber in standard leagues is a pickup worth making. So another guy out there is Rashid Penny, 40% available out there. So in the offseasons, Seattle came out and they said that between Penny and Carson, that they, you know that Penny's going to get more touches, and it's going to become a closer to an even timeshare between the two of them. They didn't say that they're going to be an even timeshare, but it's definitely going to be a lot closer, right? Take that, Mike Davis leaves, goes to Chicago, and you know what? The Penny situation looks good for him, right? It shows hope there. But in camp, practice, and preseason games, Carson dominated. First team carries, snaps, really increased his value, and it sent former first-round pick Penny's value down. So that's kind of where that situation was, right? Now today, Carson outcarried Penny by 5, 10 to 15, but Penny actually outproduced Carson, 62 yards rushing to 60, and he added a touchdown. Now I'm going to make this very clear. This is Carson's team. Carson is still very good, and he's still the team's number one back. In fact, Carson had three catches for 27 yards. It really solidified his role in that offense there. But Penny is a great handcuff for Carson owners and somebody that needs to be monitored. Remember, this is a former first-round pick who's got a lot of talent, a lot of upside there. Another guy out there we're going to talk about is Royce Freeman. He's only 25% available, but a fourth of you can pick this guy up. Now, we said in our bold predictions video that Freeman would out-carry and out-rush Lindsey. First two weeks, how are we doing that prediction? Well, let's look at that. After two weeks, Freeman has 110 rushing yards and Lindsey, 79. Freeman's yards per carry are 5.24 and Lindsay's at 3.29. So, so far it's tracking there. The reason why we said that is Freeman's great in space. I think he's got great hands. I think Lindsay's going to be a great, uh, a great weapon there. Mm -hmm. But Freeman's a bigger back. He's more physical. He can take the pounding. I think he's got Lindsay by about 25 or 30 pounds as far as size goes there. Now, last season, Freeman had a big game week 17. In week 17 last year, he had eight catches for 44 yards. But that was with Lindsay out. So that was expected, right? Today, sharing time together, the two of them, Freeman goes out, he has five catches, 48 yards. His value is growing, and he's not highly available, but he needs to be owned. I like, once again, Royce Freeman. This guy, if you look at last year, of course, there was Saquon Barkley, but he's the number two guy that was the most hype running back going into the draft last year. It was Royce Freeman. Yeah. Because he showed so much potential. So you got to grab this guy if he's out there. Well, you know what I'd like to even add to that? A few things. One being, um, Philip Lindsay reminds me a lot of Tariq Cohen comes out, he's flashy, people get excited, and you know what? We said the same thing about Cohen as we've been saying about Philip Lindsay. We like this guy, he's talented, he adds a lot to the team, but slow down, he can't be an elite every down back. He is limited in what he can do by his size. People didn't believe us with Cohen, and I don't think they believed us with Philip Lindsay, but we're starting to see that. Although I would like to preface that I think Philip Lindsay's a better back than Tariq Cohen as, as I agree a whole. You, yeah. so, so don't take that out of context. The other thing being, I love that you mentioned that five catchers for 48 yards. That was the one thing that Philip Lindsay did that Royce Freeman couldn't do. And now he says, hey guys, I can do that too. And against the tough Bears defense, I like Royce Freeman. This guy is gaining value every single week, it feels like. If you need to pick up a quarterback this week, Josh Allen's got to be your guy. 61% available out there. Now, in the first two weeks, his passing yards weren't great. 253, 254. Those were his yardage totals not great. But significantly improved compared to last year. He's gotten so much better in that area there, right? Now, in week one and in week two, in both weeks, he had a rushing touchdown and a passing touchdown in both games. Now, he faces a Cincinnati defense that was torched by San Francisco and has allowed 62 points the last two weeks. The Bengals allowed 297 passing yards to Jimmy Garoppolo this last week, right? 
But that would have been a lot more. That was a blowout. They didn't need to throw the ball. In fact, why did they need to throw the ball? They were running at will on them, and now he gets to face them. With Ben Roethlisberger maybe out, with Drew Brees maybe out, his value is soaring. Um, he should be the number one quarterback pickup this week, in my estimation, as far as who's available out there. So. I agree with that pick. All right, guys, so we've got Jacoby Brissett. Now, let me, going into the season, I wasn't a huge fan. There were a lot of Colts fans who were like, Andrew Luck's out. We're fine. We're still winning the division with Jacoby Brissett. And I was like, okay, like, slow it down. But you know what? Jacoby Brissett has played fine. I, I still think he's a huge downgrade from Andrew Luck. Uh, but some numbers have been there that I like. And before I get into his stats, he's 88% available. I always like to say that because it's nice to know that a lot of you guys are going to have him available to consider. Um, he's averaged two and a half touchdowns per game over the first two games. That doesn't sound great, but when you compare that to other streaming quarterback options and other plug-in plays, that's very good. Oh, that number is even better when you consider the fact that he's played against the Chargers and the Titans. Those are two good defenses. It's one thing to go against a bad team and beat up on a bad defense and capitalize on a good matchup. It's a whole other thing to go against a good defense and still play well. Now, he has yet to throw for 200 yards in a game this season, which is really low yard marks. We want to see that at least 200 yards, if not closer to 300. Um, and yet it's the touchdowns are still there. And I think, you know, touchdowns are especially king. Uh, we, you know, that's something we've always said, touchdowns matter. Um, uh, but it's weird the way that offense works. Uh, we, I was talking about this earlier, this idea most offenses throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball. They get into the red zone, the goal line, then they run it in. But they seem to be doing the offense. The Colts, they're running the ball with Marlon Mack all day long, and then they get in the red zone. That's when they choose to throw it. I don't know exactly if this is something that's going to continue this trend, um, but I think it will for at least this week. And so I think he's a good plug and play this week. This is a bit more standard, or excuse me, this is a bit more of a start-sit thing, but he plays the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons just went up against the Eagles, and Deshaun Jackson went out. Alshon Jeffrey went out. And you know what? The third wide receiver, Nelson Aguilar, he still had a good day. That's a bad pass defense, and so I think if there were another week, that he was going to have a good game. Jacoby Brissett, not an amazing play, but in deep leagues, two quarterback leagues, Brissett is an option. Okay, yeah, I know what you're thinking. Jamison Winston. Okay, I want to say this right now. I don't care how bad of a football quarterback he is. Yes, you're right. This guy's probably not their franchise future. Yes, he's not a great quarterback. Um, but when we're talking about fantasy football here, when we look at fantasy football, he has oftentimes scored high. And he's oftentimes been a good feeling. He can be inconsistent at times, but if you're desperate, he can be a solid play. Now, I'm not going to rely on this guy this week, but you need to keep an eye on him. 38% available playing the Giants. Now, week one, he was a bust, right? But he had a solid week two. It wasn't great, but solid. He had 28 yards, and he had a touchdown. More importantly, he had zero turnovers. What's going for him? Why should we like this guy? Well... Um, he's got great wide receivers. He's got Mike Evans, okay, and Chris Godwin. Now, we actually talked about how Chris Godwin was a bubble wide receiver one, wide receiver two right there. In fact, Mike Evans came out and said Godwin is pushing him to be the best wide receiver on that team. Mm -hmm. I mean, these are great wide receiver combinations, those two guys there. What else is going for Winston this week? He plays a Giants defense that is bad. He allowed 63 points the last two weeks. In fact, Josh Allen had over 20 points versus them. And Dak Prescott, Prescott played and looked like Peyton Manning versus them. And so I think he carries some risk, but he has sleeper appeal if you're a gutsy owner or from what you are, what we call a two-quarterback league where you need to start somebody there. All right, the last guy, you know what? We always want to do one more guy chip in. We're not huge on Jimmy Garoppolo, but we're going to put him in here. He's 53% available, and if you didn't like any of those options, here's one more guy to consider. Plays Pittsburgh this week, which I think is a good matchup because that defense is bad. Now, 
if Ben Roethlisberger doesn't play and James Conner doesn't play, that's a game where they could probably run the ball, play defense, and win that game. But if both those guys play or one of those guys play, it adds more value to Garoppolo. Garoppolo has been bipolar. He goes out week one. He has 166 yards and just one touchdown and one interception. It was like, man, that's not very good. And he comes out the next week, 297 yards, basically 300 yards and three touchdowns. And he looked good. And you know what? I don't think he's an amazing quarterback, but he's got Debo Samuels who's stepping up. He's got Kittle. That running game is good. That defense is good. In fact, the team has scored 72 points in the first weeks, in the first two weeks. Now, again, I think a lot of that is due to good defensive play, good special teams, good coaching. I like Kyle Shanahan. I think the running game is solid. Not that you can trust that mix of guys, but I think that running game as a team, as a collective, is really solid. And or not, I wouldn't. I don't know if really solves too much, but you get the idea of they're producing, they're getting the job done on the ground. Um, and so I think Jimmy Garoppolo is an option, far from a great option, but if you didn't like any of those other guys we're considering, and you didn't manage to get a quarterback that you love, Jimmy Garoppolo is a guy that you might be able to play this week. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm not a big Jimmy fan, but San Francisco, I have to admit, they're, you know, they're kind of surprising. Their defense is very underrated. They run the ball very well. Uh, they're really getting my attention there. Now, the one thing I say, there was somebody out there asking a question, should they trade for Matt Breida? And we said no. Uh, there's another guy out there we said we think has more upside. That was Damian Williams. Unfortunately, Damian Williams hurt his knee. But even Matt Breida, he went out today, had a big game out of 100 yards, but on 13 carries. Then you had Wilson had a couple touchdowns. Then you had another guy had about 10 carries. And Raheem Mostart yeah, stepped like, up. He played big. It yeah, was like Tevin Coleman's going to come back at some point, maybe even uh, Jarek McKinnon. And so, yeah, Breida's got a lot of talent. He's explosive, but he's small and he can't stay healthy. So, um I think they can do things with the running game. They've got a lot of weapons there, but it's going to be hard to pin down any one guy you can trust in that running situation. Uh, once again, just going back to talking about San Francisco as a team. But. Yeah. Greg Olson, tight end, 40% available. Okay, plays Arizona this week. He had a quiet week one, but he had a great week two. Goes out, he has six catches for 110 yards. Now, I was concerned about his age and his health, and I still am. Okay, he hasn't got younger, and you know your body doesn't heal as well, so he could start having some injuries, could pop quickly, but I think you can start trusting him. Here's why I think you can trust him. He's had nine targets in both weeks. That's consistent, I like that. Guy can go out and have four catches and have a, you know, a ton of yards um, and have a big week, but if it's on four targets, that's hard to trust. He's had nine targets in back-to-back -back games. Here's another reason why I think you can trust him a little bit more now. Cam Newton doesn't look like Cam Newton. In two weeks, he's had minus two total rushing yards. Some, I don't know if he's not healthy, I don't know what's going on there, but he seems hesitant to run the ball, which means more throws and more targets for wide receivers like Greg Olson. So I think you can start to look towards him as somebody you can trust. All right, here's another guy. Now, he's not a solid PPR tight end. He's not amazing, but if you're looking to stream from week to week with the right matchup, Jason Witten at 85% available is a guy you have to keep on your radar. you got to consider so get this, he has just 40 receiving yards on the season. That's an average of 20 yards a game. However, he has touchdowns in back-to-back -back games. Why is that? And why are we putting him on this list if he doesn't have a lot of yards? The fact of the matter is the tight end position doesn't need a lot of catches, doesn't need a lot of yards. All you need to do is find the end zone at the tight end position, score a touchdown that week, and you've had a pretty good week. And you know what? You can trust Jason Witten to have a few yards and still find the end zone. For one, that's sort of who he plays in that role. A lot of tight ends do that for a lot of teams where they don't do much going down the field but block, and then all of a sudden they use their size as a mismatch in the end zone and they make one catch, boom. And that seems to be the way Jason Witten is playing. And I like that offense. You talked about it, Dak Prescott last week, or this last game, he looked like Peyton Manning, he looked solid. And in fact, he has seven touchdowns and almost 700 yards in just two games. He has been lights out, that offense is electric. And so you know what, if you're looking to stream a tight end or play a guy for a week, Jason Witten, you gotta think about him, at least consider him, especially with his high availability.
So another guy you might want to consider is Chris Hearn at 87% available if you're desperate for a tight end. Now he's going to be suspended through week four, so I know he's not available yet. Um, but owners that are desperate out there, maybe you want to grab him early before another owner grabs him. Last year he looked really good, showed a lot of promise. Maybe you want to beat other owners to the punch. This guy I think has got some huge upside. All right, so we wanted to put another guy up there with big upside. I like Chris Herndon, probably of all the tight ends we've talked about in this video most um, as far as upside. But maybe another guy as far as upside is Will Disley. Hopefully I'm saying that right. I've never heard that last name before, but he is 97% available. It really surprised some people because he came out and he had a bad week one, and yet he had a much larger role in week two. And that's the first thing I want to highlight. He had a good week two with two touchdowns and 50 yards, and it was good. But it was because he had an increased role. He had five targets and five catches. Not a huge role, but an increased role in that offense. And so I absolutely like that. I think that's repeatable because you know what? Even Tyler Lockett went out at 10 targets this week. So it's not like all the other wide receivers disappeared and then he gained from that. They were all playing well and he managed to get enough targets to kind of keep going. And so I think this is a guy who could develop. I think he's still pretty young. Will Disley, not an amazing option, risky option, but keep him on your radar. He's one of those tight ends who could develop over time. A couple of defenses consider Seattle versus New Orleans next week. Seattle is 50% available. If Drew Brees is out, if he's not, that changes it. But if Drew Brees is out, this is a great play. Now, they've only had six sacks in two weeks. That's not great. Uh, but that defensive line is going to get a huge boost soon here. They're going to get their defensive lineman coming that came over from the Lions. And his name is, I always get this one messed up, Ezekiel Ansah. Thank you. I don't know why. I always want to say shh at the end. But anyway, so he comes back. That's going to be a huge boost. Him and Clowney, there's going to put a lot of pressure on quarterbacks. And if Drew Brees is gone, look out Teddy Bridgewater. That's another one. Uh, another defense out there is the Titans. So the versus the Jags, they are 85% available in Tennessee. They got eight sacks and four interceptions through two weeks. Now they're going to face a rookie quarterback. And he's looked pretty good, but he's still a rookie quarterback there. Now this defense, uh, I don't think is a fluke. Last year, if you look at it, they were a good defense. They finished third in points allowed and six in pass defense. So this is a very good defense. I like the Titans against the Jags. Great stream. Uh, anything else you want to add? No, I don't anything else to add, guys. As always, we would encourage you leave a comment. Follow some of my tips from earlier in the video if you want to get your comment answered more often or whatever. And then, of course, um, when you're leaving comments, if there's somebody we didn't talk about, make sure that you are asking about them. You don't just have to ask about players that are in this video. Somebody asked that. They asked, can I ask about a player you didn't talk about? Go for it. Ask anything you want to. Um, as always, guys, we thank you so much for being here, for supporting us. You guys have a great day and good luck this week.